When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Tripe Supper time here in the Gazette office. I'm joined by Anthony Vickers and Jonathan Taylor. We're talking fixtures, unsurprisingly, after the 2015-16 fixtures were released this week. Uh, Vic, what were your first, your, your initial, what was your initial reaction to the to the Borough's fixtures? Uh, my, my reaction uh, initially is, obviously, you look at the mileage, you look at the awkward ones, the logistics, and then you look at the framework of the season. And we have three of the new boys, the three promoted sides, in the first seven games. Mm. And to me, that's three matches, really, if Borough are going to be a promotion contender this year. They should be taking a lot of points. Yeah. You've got to bank a lot of points. We know last year, the season possibly faltered on the fact that in August, we lost three out of five. Uh, possibly the team wasn't quite ready because, uh, you know, we the, the, the all the, the new signings weren't in or weren't bedded in. Some people might look at the goalkeeper and say that that was a, a problem there. Mm. But the bottom line is he lost three out of five and in two of those games they pretty much battered the opposition and just couldn't score. Uh, we know that that's an issue that the manager's addressing, the lack of goals. And if Borough are going to be contenders, we need to get off to a good start this year. So... Getting the three new boys, I mean, they're not nothing's easy. You can't take them for granted, etc., etc. But you know, they are. They've got to be viewed as winnable matches. And I think you, you look. Sorry, I think if you look even beyond that first month, you know, if you get into September and October, granted, Forest and Leeds, uh, you never know what to expect of Forest. Your Leeds is Leeds, but then you look at you know Reading, Fulham, Cardiff, Charlton. Again, they're all games that you'd look at and think we should be taking maximum points. That's the thing. I mean, you look at you look at the fixture list now, and you you look and I think I was speaking with Phil in the office, and he said that every game you, you Borough could could win every game. You know, they are winnable on paper, but that's that'd, the thing. That'd be some season, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, Vic's obviously right. If, <clears throat> if Borough really did pay the price last year, not having the squad in place um, by August, they lost three out of five. Um, and you look at the starting games, and you look at them two ways, really. I mean, the new boys, Borough should have too much of Preston but equally they're you know riding the crest of a yeah. wave aren't they and you know, God forbid if Borough don't have that squad in place and the worst happened at Preston you start looking at some of the games you know away at Derby away at Sheffield Wednesday you've got Forest away which Borough tend to not do great at mm. it's all you know it could go one of two ways really it is really important mm. that the squad's in place but but Fish lists are funny because obviously you, you know we know you have to play 23 teams home and away uh, it gives a framework on which you can project your own fears and hopes and ambitions and all that and a lot of it is just subjective almost mystical really mm. but there are matches where you know, the, the hackles prick up for, for Borough fans we know that there's certain grounds where where we've always historically struggled like Forest for instance or Hillsborough yeah. for instance uh, and I think if we're going to have a, a good season this year, I mean, they're the kind of things that you think, if we can get some something there, and there's a couple of those early on. I mean, we, we've got Forest away early on, and to get something there would put down a marker. It's and a maybe, boost, doesn't it? Yeah, well, an early it, boost. You know, it settles nerves, doesn't it? Mm. Because if 
if you get off to a sticky start and then you lose at Forest, it's oh, it's typical Borough. Mm. You know, the season starts to disintegrate before you, your eyes. But to get off to a good start and then go to somewhere like Forest in the middle of September and win, or uh, maybe you know late, later on, there's places like you know uh, Hillsborough's one. Uh, Ipswich. Ipswich, oh, Ipswich yeah. for instance. Yeah, I think they're the things that you need to do. I think we need to show uh, determination, hunger, and be clinical about it this season. And, you know, I don't think we can afford to be complacent because we had a good year last year. But the good thing is, you can look at Aitor Karanka's 18 months in charge and you can plot a graph, and he's improved the, the performance and the points take almost month by month. Mm. It's been one or two blips. August is, last August is probably the most costly but if we can continue that improvement even just 5% then Borough will get promoted this season One thing that's interesting about Ito I mean certainly last year you remember the amount of times he said it that you know, his brief was to get Borough promoted by the end of his, his contract the end which of is, season, is to yeah. 2016 now he doesn't have that to fall back on this year it, this is the aim to get promoted this mm-hmm. season now um, and he early on in the fixture list I mean I know he's got the likes of Sheffield Wednesday and Leeds which he's never beaten they're mm. two of the teams he's never beaten he'll go to Hillsborough you know, wise in the knowledge of what happened there last year I'm sure um, and there are, there are no excuses this time it can't be a surprise to him this time when he goes to Hillsborough you know what you're going to get um, equally Leeds I'm sure that's one he's already yeah. you know, put a dot next to to think well my record at Leeds isn't, isn't great that was obviously his first game uh, <coughs> that you know, that's a, gr- a massive game that you'll be looking at to finally get the kit off the mark. I, th- I think uh, there's the unknown in the Championship, isn't it? You know, you look at teams like Nottingham Forest and think they should be there, but then you have no idea. And Sheffield Wednesday, you know, with this new fella they're bringing in charge, absolutely no idea how they're going to fare. QPR are another one, aren't they? The teams who are coming down, the teams... I mean, I think, I know me and you disagree on this, Vic, I, I think January is a particularly tough look to it because I... It, Personally, I think Bristol City will be in amongst it this year. MK Dons, you don't know. Brentford, obviously, you don't know. But Derby and Forest are tough games as well. But then you disagree, don't you, and think that there's tougher spells elsewhere? Well, I think January, I think we'll do all right. We've got Derby and Forest, which are, are tough games. But, I mean, I don't think there's anything to be scared of with Bristol or MK Dons, although that'll be rearranged because we'll have won in the FA Cup and that'll yeah. be fourth round. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brentford, I think, will fall away this year. Uh, I find it very hard to believe that they could reproduce. There are another that, one like the Sheffield given, Wednesday and Forest. Given the Army. disruption, January is always hard to call because you know somehow you've got FA Cup matches <coughs> in there and they disrupt the natural flow. Uh, I think the interesting spell really could be that well, you know the fixture bomb, which this year has been scheduled for April, uh, where we've got seven matches. Uh, before that, there's the Easter break and we play Hull. Now Hull, QPR. Uh, and Burnley and Ipswich are in that run of eight games. I mean that if if, we, if form goes as we expect and QPR are up there, Burnley are up there, Ipswich, uh, that could be make or break. That run of eight games going into the you know towards the end of the season, uh, when legs are a bit tired, you know, uh, especially if you, if you do have the impact of a cup run as well, mm. and a couple of those games have had to be re- rescheduled, and suddenly. You're looking at maybe 10 games in the last 30 days. And that's really gruelling mentally uh, as well as physically. And that's when the strains start to show. Uh, I think Aitor's a year older and a year wiser in the Championship. And I think he will nurture his resources really carefully. So I don't have any fears on that. 
but it is a lot of games and some of those games in there are tough that said there are um, opportunities for points aren't there when you look at those and, and although you don't want at that stage of the season you want to be playing your strongest team you know the likes of Huddersfield at, at home with the greatest respect Preston at home he could slightly think couldn't he rest a few legs and you would think well he's going to have to isn't he when you look at you know a game on the second a game on the fifth a game on the ninth but like you say that's a championship isn't it you you prepare for that in this league. Yeah, you'll, be, you'll be well aware of that. And I mean, it was only really when the, the fixtures landed on our laps that we looked at him and we thought, well, hang on, this is good. it's another 46 game slog. And that's what it is, isn't it? Um, I, I think every other team will, will be looking at yeah. their fixture list and look but at Borough and go, oh, we, we, don't, we don't really want to play Borough. Look at yeah. them, they'll be better this We year. made that point, didn't we, yeah, yesterday? I mean, Borough I mean, got a target on their heads now this year. I mean, obviously, it's really hard to even talk about matches because we don't know what each team is going to be comprised of or what the league's going to be like at a given spot. But, you know, there are logistics that we can look at. I mean, there's things like uh, Brentford away in midweek, mm-hmm. Cardiff away in midweek, uh, Brighton have to come all the way up here again for the last day of the season for a 12.30 kick-off. I mean, things like that really, uh, <clears throat> they, they make the season more gruelling than, than it needs to be. We already play 46 games, you know what I mean? There's no let-up in the championship. And to find that there are weeks where you know, you're doing a thousand miles for two back-to-back away games. Yeah. I mean, that's just ridiculous. That's the point, I think, with January as well. You look at Brentford, Bristol City and MK Dons, granted the, they might stay down that way after the Brentford game, but there's a lot of tricks there, isn't there? Given the fact that you could also have a long trip in the FA Cup, obviously you don't know what that's going to bring. There is, but you can also look at it the other way and look over Christmas and you know, Blackburn away on Boxing, I'm sure. I think there was 7,000 fans went last year. It's not the, the worst of tricks, but then they've got Sheffield Wednesday at home on the 28th and then Derby at home just after New Year. Yeah. So, I mean, that could have been a lot worse. There's different ways of looking at I, it. I really. think there's a problem with the fixture computer that we've been sent away on, on Boxing Day. Mm. And that's, that's got to be... I think it's first inquiry. Second time in nine <laughs> years. judge-led inquiry into this. Yeah. We always, we're always at home on, on Boxing Day. There's a, there's a few in there, isn't there? You, you look and you think who's going who's gonna to be up there next year. And it is just literally a toss of a coin. You look at some of the teams, QBR, for example, they could be top. By the time Borough you know, go for the, the start of their fixture bomb in April, QBR could be top of the league, could be bottom of the league as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. having yeah. gone through three managers. Exactly right. The chairman. And yeah. liquidation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's the point we make that I know you, John, in, uh, in your notebook this week, you're talking about kind of dark horse and you talk about Forest and the likes. But you say last year, you know, could you really have predicted Bournemouth to go up as champions and, and Wigan to have gone down? I mean, Wigan were my tip to go up at the start of the year. Is there anyone, Vicky, who weren't necessarily in the mix last year who you think could challenge this time around? Well, circumstances can change really quickly at a club. I mean, Sheffield Wednesday have finally been taken over by the mysterious consortium that's been hovering there for about 18 months. If they put money in, I mean, Sheffield Wednesday's a big club, you know what I mean? They've got big gates, potentially, uh, with a bit of momentum and and a couple of signings, they could do something, because we know that they're solid without being spectacular. And if new money is introduced, it can make a dramatic difference at Mm. this level really quickly. Similarly taking a manager out of the equation or a couple of players out of the equation can have a big effect. And, you know, we, we're assuming that Burnley would be a strong side because they were really good in the Championship two years ago. Good team ethic. Uh, and they they seemed last season not to, not to budget to stay in the Premier League but were actually building a Championship side. Yet they potentially could lose two or three of their best players. And we don't know yet. The manager might go as well. Burnley are a really odd one. I think it's an interesting point you made. You don't know who's going to be at Burnley. I mean, 
obviously they've got the right back that seems to be on his way to Tottenham they've lost Danny Ings I think um, Ashley Barnes is also out for pretty much the entire season next year as well with his cruciate there seems to be a cruciate problem around Don I'm not sure what's quite what's going on there's the likes of Boyd where a couple Mm. of clubs might have a sniff might Mm. be as the season approaches it's also I mean you look at someone like Ipswich and you think well Daryl Murphy all hinges on him either you know that's that's a golden season for him Uh, and if he doesn't do that again next year, where do their goals come from? But also, what if they lose him? Yeah, I think um, I, I defer a little bit to Vic on this one as well. I, I actually fancy Wolves to improve on last year. I know that they just missed out on the playoffs at seven. Then they've lost obviously Sacco, which is a big part. But I just look at Wolves, and I, I really rate Kenny Jacket as a manager. And I, I just think the, the, the team's cries out of goals goals all over the place I know that a lot of Borough fans when it for a minute it looked like Borough would get Wolves in the playoffs the Borough fans weren't overly happy with getting Wolves so um, I think they're definitely ones to watch next I, year. I was particularly impressed with Wolves at the end of the season here but and I, I do think Jacket's a great manager but I think he might have got the best out of them last season and I think I do think they'll be there or thereabouts again but I think knocking on the door as opposed to to kind of in the automatic promotion mix we've mentioned Brentford um, you know, I think at first glance you'd think Brentford will probably be closer to the relegation zone than they would the playoffs this time around. Do you, do you, do you, you, know, you know, you said that you don't think they'll repeat last season's, uh, which was remarkable results, wasn't it? It, it depends how much of the squad spirit and ethic revolved around the manager. Mm. You take the manager out of the equation and players can suddenly become very ordinary and also they could lose a few players. I mean, you know, that's that's the case with any team, and we know that it's a very, it's a, it's a fragile commodity team spirit, and taking one or two players out can make a massive difference. And you know, we we can't call on that, but I think it's fair to say, last season they probably overachieved, and if they were, if they were to bring in a, a manager totally new to this culture and re, you know reproduce that, that'd be really impressive. Yeah, Personally, I don't think they can. You just think if you're that manager coming in, he's coming in from from Holland, relatively unknown, and Brentford finished fifth last yeah. season. What's the expectation exactly. there going to be? Exactly. Um, I mean, I was re- I've been I've been fascinated with what's kind of been unfolding at Griffin Park this summer, and um, a few of the stuff that you read, I just can't get my head round. I mean, the the new director of football sending text messages text. to the manager at yeah. half time and that kind of thing. But equally, I mean, look at Brentford on the pitch last year, and I know that they've they'll probably they've lost Pritchard, who's gone back to Tottenham. They actually play some really good stuff, uh, so it could go the other way. They could still be up there, albeit I think all three of us around the table agree that they, they probably won't live up to, to last season. But they've got some good players there, they've got some useful players there as well, so you just don't know, do you? Um, before we touch on, uh, on Hull, who we want to talk about before we finish, how about, you know, obviously Brentford last year surprised us all coming up. Clubs who come up from League One usually usually fare all right. How do you expect the three teams who've come up last year to, to come? Well, up? I think one year in two, one of the teams that comes up has a really good crack. I mean, we've seen like Southampton have been promoted. Norwich a couple mm. of years ago came up and got promoted, and we know uh, before that Leeds came up, got to the playoffs. So it, it, you know, there's always one team that does well. I mean, last year it was not just Bournemouth but Brentford as well. This year, I think. Bristol City, uh, uh, we know what Steve Cotterell plays like. Uh, it's not the prettiest of football. It can be very effective. But it's very hard to step that up a, up an entire league. Mm. So I think they they might get off to a good start, then hit a wall. MK Dons, I think it might be a step too far. Uh, 
I really, really, uh, I, I can't. The, the culture shock is more. It's more about the culture shock and how you adapt to it, uh, and the speed you, you adapt to mm. it. And very often, if these teams come up and get off to a good start, they believe in themselves. And the question is, at what point do they get the the rude awakening? And sometimes you know, a team can get off to a good start, then go and get absolutely taken apart. And they the Brentford here, didn't they? Right, I remember when we thumped Brentford last year and they had started really well and, and their guys were saying, you know, that I think that their fear was they'd come up and they'd played the same football which had played in League One, fast free-flowing stuff, yeah. but they were playing it against, with the greatest respect as it proved not to be, but we thought at the time, better teams than them. And, and I know the fear was then when we thumped them that, you know, if they keep playing like that, they'll keep getting caught out. As it was, it turned the other way, didn't it? I, I just look at Bristol City and think, you know, League One's a good, a good league, isn't it? A competitive league and I think any side that dominates that league in such fashion and scores so many goals will surely you know, be able to step up and I think often you look at the top six in League One they're often better than the, the bottom seven or eight in the Championship it's just getting out of it isn't it you, you won't fancy going to Ashton Kate either <coughs> no. it's, it's a, a hell of a trek I mean Preston are the one that I've been looking at recently and it's not just because Middlesbrough playing them first but it seems at the minute every team in the Championship fancies the chances if they can get one or two strikers over the line Borough in that um, but Preston have gone out and they've um, obviously signed Beckford straight away and they've, um, they've given new contracts Garner's to Garner and team. Gallagher so their three strikers are in place already which is in some way better than a lot of the rest of the championship so I think they'll score goals just at the other end really whether they can keep teams out but um, I mean certainly it's Preston and, and Derby that seem to have been the, the most active early on in the in the market Derby we haven't really mentioned them have we I mean no. they've they've brought obviously secured Ben so they've brought in um, Pierce from Reading who's a good centre half and I think there'll be a fair few more coming in at Derby you expect them to be somewhere in the top six wouldn't you do you think Clement will have the contacts to call on like like Karankaras? I mean, I know he's he's kind of worked, but he's stuck with Ancelotti, hasn't he? And, and mm. whereas Karankaras had the the background of the Spanish uh, youth sides and whatnot, do, do you think Clement will, will have those contacts to call upon? I don't know. I mean, he, he did work at Chelsea before <coughs> he went there, so I mean, he he knows uh, he knows English football, and he will know a lot of people at, you know, from the Chelsea system who are now playing their trade elsewhere. So I mean, he'll have information. Uh, I think it might be a slightly different situation because obviously Aitor came here and his mentor, Jose, was active in English football. Mm. It's easier to use those sort of contacts. It's very unlikely that Ancelotti's going to be able to put him on in touch with someone from you know, Osasuna or, yeah. or whatever. So it, it, it's interesting when people step up from being a number two to being a manager. Uh, it's a very, very different game. You know, it's the man management side of it, and I think obviously a big challenge for him, and he'll have a point to prove, just as I told it when he came here. It's very important to get off to a good start. I think that's the big question mark of the season, to be honest, because we know that Derby are very well resourced and have spent a lot of money in the last couple of years, not just in, in fees but in wages. And in January, for instance, they went out and bought two Premier. Um, loaned two Premier League players and put maybe £60,000 a week on the wage bill. Mm-hmm. No one else in the division could afford to do that. So yes, they have the muscle. Uh, I think it, it all comes down to that imponderable, you know, the, the individual that's, that's making the decisions. <clears throat> and I think we'll find that out fairly quickly. And I think there's a lot of pressure on him. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. We, we were at Derby last year, obviously, when Bamford scored on a St. Patrick's Day in... Um, 
I'll tell you what, the noise was... Inc- if he gets it going there, nobody will like to go to the iPro. I mean, it was as loud as I've heard it last season, anywhere, probably. Um, and that's the game that jumped out off the fixture list for yeah. me. Third game, what a, there's going to be so much kind of fascinating aspects to it. Not not half Clement coming up against Karanka, <laughs> which I'm sure will be trotted out. But... Um, I mean, Borough have got to be at it because, I mean, you look at Preston, Derby, Sheffield Wednesday and Forest are the first four away games in the league. Tough. All going to be very hostile, very noisy. How, how can they stand up to that? Before we wrap up, uh, just touch on Hull, the, the other side they've come down we haven't spoke about. Uh, you never know, do you, when teams are going to come down, how they're going to react, but you would think in Bruce they've got someone who does know the league, he's been here before. Do you expect them to be in the mix? If, if the politics don't get in the way then they should be contenders. But we know that their fans are at civil war with, with the, the chairman over the name change and other, other uh, more business-like ideas that he's trying to put into the club at the expense of tradition and feeling and sentiment. And there's been a split inside the crowd, and, and one half of the crowd was saying, let him get on with it, we're in the Premier League, he must be doing something right. And the other half were the people, the defenders of the faith almost. The fact that they've got relegated takes away a lot of the people that were arguing right or wrong he's got us there you know that undermines that that power base that he has if there's a contentious issue over the summer you can imagine them going into the season in a state of uh, readiness to jump on the first mistake mm, yeah. similar to uh, Cardiff aren't they yeah, yeah, it'd be very, because when, when people feel like that they've been you know slighted and they're their emotional investment is being ignored it's really easy to jump on something that might even only be minor we might not even be aware of it but something internal the element of Southgate I think when we went down that first defeat to West Brom that year that was kind of tipped fans over the edge didn't it it is but there's also a bubbling (gasps) civil war there Mm. very similar to Cardiff and if it goes wrong you can't really call on unity amongst the fans because they've been waiting for an excuse to vent so I think that's Hull's problem, is can they get off to the, a good start to keep everyone on board? Because if they have a blip, I, I can see it getting quite nasty there quite quickly. One thing about the fixtures coming through, all it's done is made me more excited for the season and there's another 50 days to wait. Yeah. <laughs> that's the problem. I was going to say, I think we've just gone through and systematically yeah. ridded anyone of So Borough should win the league. Yeah. We'll look back at the end of the season once Charlton have won the league yeah. and Derby <laughs> have finished in the bottom three and thought, that's how much we know. Thanks again for listening, that's great.